reason to be clapping. Oh no, you're clapping because we're excited. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be a different kind of clap. That would be. So. Okay, hold on. I need to oh, see. Oh, she's belt. holding on. I'm thinking I may actually start the video right there. <laughs> oh, okay. Go ahead. So, we have <laughs> an announcement to make, and this is this is important. You're gonna want to hold on to your seats. You ready? Drum roll, please. You ready? Here's the big news. We are moving back to Texas! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Heard the kids, Texas! Texas! You're like, what? Daniel and Jenna, they're abandoning the trail of fire. They're, they're moving back to Texas. Well, here's the catch. We're moving back to Texas for the next... Two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. <laughs> but hey, we're back. We're um, back. It was uh, not... It was not too long ago we crossed over the state line coming out of Louisiana. Actually, no, coming out of Arkansas because we came back up through Louisiana and then over uh, through Arkansas right into Texas, into Texarkana. And I have to admit, the moment we crossed the line, I got teary-eyed. Oh, I did too. Because I was home. Yeah. I mean, there's just nothing like your good old home state of Texas. That's right. And for those of, the, those of you that are friends and family from South Carolina, Yes, that is, that is uh, the place that I was born and raised, but Texas has become home. Well, because that's where we started our life and our family together, yes. so that is home. And then whenever, even when people say, it's like, well, you're not really a native Texan, I look at them and say, hey, I'm raising three Texans. So true. So you can just, you know. And what's neat is, is that Caden, um, for his birthday, what do you want? <laughs> a black cowboy hat. So he does. We got him a black cowboy hat uh, for his birthday. And so it's cool. He likes walking around with his cowboy hat and his um, uh, guns yeah. holstered at his left and right yep. side. And so it's, it's pretty cool and cute. He just so. needs some boots. Just, he does need some boots. We'll no, get, none we, of us own boots. We are Texans and none of us own we're gonna, boots. We're going to change that. We need to change that. We are. So <laughs> here it is. This is the Roadcast, Roadcast number three. And as you know, the rules of the Roadcast are simple. Once the camera is turned on, and the mics begin to roll. It's 30 minutes straight, no cuts, no edits. Whatever you get is what you get. It's real life. It's like you've just come and sat down with us as we are cruising America in blaze. That's right. The Trail of Fire Motor Coach. And so, are you ready? We're gonna talk about what's happened over the last couple of weeks, where we have been um, already. Uh, we are now in state number nine, our home state of Texas. Number nine, the number of patients. Oh. The number that. of finality and the number of judgment. Oh, those are three completely different it things. It does seem that way, doesn't <laughs> it? So, um, I think I've learned that just about every number that people talk about in biblical numerology, you can come up with multiple different meanings. I'm to probably so sure. probably whatever it is that you currently... I'm so sure. Anyway, that's a whole other subject for another day. But anyway, <laughs> state number nine, about 3,700 miles already. Um, and man, what an incredible two weeks it has been since the last time we updated you on the roadcast. Yeah, it has. Busy two weeks. It has been. I thought that <laughs> um, Arkansas and Louisiana, honestly, were going to be two states that we would end up resting in. And the truth is we did more in those sure two did. states than we've done so far since this year began. Yeah. We rolled out of Memphis and, um, uh, in fact, when we were rolling out of, uh, I, I think when the last time we cut off on the, we had on the roadcast, we were headed into Memphis, and so we took Raya to Graceland because she is an Elvis fan. We haven't figured that one out, but she enjoyed 
um, Graceland. And then we rolled over to Gasville, Arkansas to be with Josh and Amanda Passmore at River of Life. If you haven't seen the video from that, you need to look it up. Uh, Josh and I went out to the Trail of Tears, tell a little bit of the background story of uh, really an area that's been marked by two mass migrations which brought hopelessness to two different groups of people. And they're contending on that Trail of Tears to bring hope and fire. And the last night of being there at their church, something just unusual broke out. It did. Babe, can you tell everybody what happened? Not really, because it's, it's really one of those moments that if you weren't there, you can't really describe it. And so, <laughs> um, really at the beginning of the service, there was a kind of a couple of things that were kind of little hindrances along the way that hadn't been before. Yeah. And um, they have a phenomenal church, phenomenal worship team. One yeah. of the neat things about their church, they're debt free and they've done that like in a, in a single year. Yeah. When they got there, the church was in financial struggles. They were celebrating the fact they had $5,000 in the bank. Again, this is all in that story. Uh, they had $130,000 worth of debt and the Lord told them, it said, believe, uh, it said, um, pay off the 30, concentrate on the 30 and believe me for the 100. And before that year was over with, their entire debt was canceled and they cannot tell you where that $100,000 came from. Yep. So a phenomenal church, incredible worship team, but you're right, that night, uh, expectation coming into it because we'd seen so many phenomenal things happen. Well, and, then, and here's the deal too, is that this was an unplanned service. Yes. So literally that Sunday was a Sunday morning, we did Sunday mornings or Sunday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning. And we went to dinner and about, I don't know, maybe 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the evening, pastor asked if we could do another service. And um, he had heard from some of the people and kind of got a, a feel for it. Yeah. And so didn't really know how many people were going to show up because what do you do at an unplanned service? But the crowd was incredible Yes. Um, that came back for that evening and even from hunger. some different churches um, in the area. And so it was really you're right, that anticipation, that expectation, everything was Yeah, you was felt that. And so there. coming into the service, it felt like everything was about to explode in a good way. And right. then worship just sort of fell apart. It hit a wall. And it was it was obvious that the worship team was struggling. They, they thought that maybe they were just missing notes. They couldn't come together. But honestly, it's spiritual. They just hit a wall. And even Pastor Josh, you know, he's kind of like not quite sure what to do. He hands me the microphone, and before I said a word, yeah, all heaven came down. It sure did. I mean, people began shaking. Coming out seats, of the pews. Coming out of their pews, on their, knees, on their faces, on their knees, crying, weeping. Yes. Um, some were laughing, uh, not hysterically, but just enjoying the presence of the Lord. There was a holy fear that entered into the room. Yep. Um, I, it was a marked, marked moment. I think I said at one point in time, I looked at a young man, a 15-year-old kid who was sitting in the front <laughs> row. I said, do you have a clue what's going on? He shook his head and said, no. I said, neither do I. <laughs> I said, all I know is that I'm wanting to push further in. Yeah. You know, so many times I think those are invitations that the Lord gives us to go further and more times than not we stop at the doorway thinking that was that was it. Right. But the truth is we're just beginning to smell the fragrance and the scent of what it is that God's yeah. wanting to do. Yeah. And uh, man, that night so many amazing things took place. Uh, deliverance, um, healings, mm -hmm. salvations. 
it just, it was one of those moments, I'm never going to forget it. It no, was hard okay. to leave. It was really hard to leave Arkansas. Yeah, it was. And it was really hard to leave Arkansas. <laughs> I forgot how frustrated Truthfully, I was. No, yes. how frustrated I was. Um, I wish that we had the picture of this on camera. Uh, when we got there, the, the place they had for Blaze to be parked at was in the grass. And the ground was a little soft, and that made me a little concerned, but it hadn't rained, and so the ground was... And there was no forecast for and rain. And there was no forecast for rain. Mm -hmm. And unexpectedly, we got a day and a half worth of rain. Sure enough did. And so the coach sank into the ground. It's, you know, 26,000 pounds. <laughs> and it sunk into the ground a good foot. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm worried about how do we get this thing out of there. We struggled with it for two and a half hours could not get it out. We just kept making things worse. It kept digging further and further into the ground. It was just a mess, mud everywhere. Even right now, the tires still bear the marks of all that mud. Finally, a gentleman came with a, uh, as we caught a few tow trucks and they couldn't get out for several hours, and a gentleman came up with a big Dodge, um, a Dually diesel. And he looked at it and he, I've been trying to pull it forward. Okay, here's an object lesson. I've been trying to figure out how to get it to go forward because the pavement literally was about 10 feet in front of me. Right. And I'm thinking if we can just get it to move 10 feet and get it up onto the pavement, we'll be home free. And he takes a look at it and he goes, well, why don't we back it up? Which didn't make any sense to me at first because I was backing it further into the grass. Right. But that's what worked. Yeah. We backed it up. Sometimes the best way forward is behind you <laughs> sometimes you just miss it you know and it's like okay let's, let's just back things anyway we backed it up and we're able to get out yeah and um, anyway that made for a long frustrating day we ended up in Harrison Arkansas which was an unexpected trip we were invited last minute to be with our friend Brian um, Herring up in Faith Assembly of God in um, Harrison Arkansas phenomenal night and then we cruised down from there to Little Rock Little Rock to Shreveport yep. and at Shreveport at the Healing Place Church with Scott Etheridge um, again awesome yeah you hear Chase in the background yeah. he's not happy about something um, <laughs> when we got to Shreveport on that Saturday we went to the Shreveport Municipal Auditorium which was built on the side of the Billy Sunday Crusade which again that video is also up you need to take a look at it um, Actually, just the story of Pastor Scott and I talking about it. We have a video which will be coming out this week that tells the story of the Billy Sunday Crusade with some footage of Billy Sunday preaching, so you're going to want to see that. Yeah. Um, Billy Sunday came there in 1926. Four. 1924. Yeah. And preached a seven-week revival in which over 350,000 people came to over 10,000 people walked the sawdust trail and gave their lives to Jesus. They said that the city of Shreveport turned sharply after that towards the Lord. Amazing. It literally shook the city and for 30 years, Shreveport um, just continued in that vein until 1954, which at the exact same location, it's the spot that Elvis Presley was announced to the nation. Yep. And, and kind of in a sign of the time and the changing, you had two turnings in Shreveport. First a turning to the Lord, and then in, 19, in the 1950s, a turning away from the Lord. And people say have been around that ever since that time that Shreveport turned sharply away from the Lord and it's never turned back. And we went there to that site to pray for a third turning. Yeah. To pray that the city and the nation would turn back to the Lord. 
hard to describe, but you can you can certainly pull those videos up and take a look at what took place there in Shreveport. And then at their church, just a really great church. Yes, yeah, so good. What did you think about the healing place? Um, I I loved. I mean, the neat thing every time we go somewhere is just to see the culture of the church and to see the heart and the vision of the pastor and his and his family and that integrated into the church and the church really grabbing a hold. So it's not just a pastor that's carrying a vision and heart. Hey, buddy. Sure. Somebody got loose. Um, but it's also that the church has grabbed a hold of it too. And so that, that truly that together they're making things work in the inside of their community and, sh and shifting and changing the culture. Right. And so I love that. Hey, Chase. Hey, Can buddy. you wave? Can you say camera? hi? Hi. Now, Chase, you're supposed to be buckled up. Yes. Can you go ask Rayo or Bubba to help you and get buckled? Yeah, yep. go get go buckled back. back up so you're safe. Come on. Hurry up. <laughs> hey, Rhea or Kaden, can you help Chase, please? Rhea. Get him buckled and help him with that level, please. Thank you. So, yeah, um, I really I really loved the healing place. And, um, a real prayer. Uh, it's a church built on a prayer culture and a prophetic culture. Without a doubt. And you can you can feel that when you walk in. And again, it's it's not just the pastors that's carrying it or the no, staff. It's the, yeah. it's the culture they've created inside of the church house. And in one of those videos, Pastor Scott yep. talks about how, um, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I forget the phrase, but it, they don't put anything on the yep. hallways. It's not on the wall unless it's in the halls. There you go. There you go. On the wall, unless it's in the halls. And in other words, until the people actually catch the vision in the heart and he sees that integrated into their congregation, then they'll make that as a as a declaration or as a, yeah. uh, um, a whatever that they put yeah. out. I really learned having been with them the yeah. in, intentional culture. Yes, that's a good word. Yeah. That you have to be intentional about creating the culture, the community that you want to be a part of. Otherwise. Uh, you'll you'll get a culture by default, and you'll always be fighting that culture. Yeah. Instead of being intentional about the culture that you create. Yeah. And so, really healthy church. And, yes. Uh, you know, if you want to find out more about them, I think also on some of the videos we post, I think it's thpshreveport.com is the website for yeah. them. Um, and then also another unexpected meeting that took place after that was to head Actually, down. Actually, two. Yes. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I forgot. Well, I cruised the entire state sure did. of Louisiana. So we went from Shreveport down to Alexandria. I left you guys um, yep. with Blaze at a, a really nice park. Yep. And then cruised down to New Orleans where SUM and Lunch School of Ministry was finishing up their Mardi Gras outreach. And there's yep. two videos that are posted right now um, of two testimonies that took place during Mardi Gras. One where Mardi Gras was brought to a halt as 400 students began to sing Amazing Grace there on Bourbon Street. Yeah. It, it just, it's, it's a video that when you watch it, you can feel that there's something significant in that. Right. That shift that sort of takes place there right. on Bourbon Street. And then my favorite is a young man named Trevor, who just three years ago was at Bourbon Street partying. He gave his heart to the Lord 
and now he's at the Lunch School of Ministry, and so now he's back down at Mardi Gras and on Bourbon Street sharing the gospel, and he's leading a man to Jesus. And as he's praying with him the prayer of salvation, he takes a look at where they're standing, and he realizes it's the exact spot he was standing three years earlier when he'd gotten so drunk that he had vomited right there in that very spot that now that man is standing in, and he's leading him to the Lord. So cool. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, you want to talk about taking back ground that the enemy has stolen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Come on. Absolutely. I was fired up after that. <laughs> Got to pray with uh, the students at SUM that night uh, at, as they celebrated. It was just Holy Ghost fire. I mean, just a hungry group of over a thousand young people going after the Lord. And they're all hungry to make a difference in the world. That's awesome. So we cruise up from that and we are in Alexandria, or right outside of Alexandria in Forest Hill with Dr. David Remedios and his family at Trinity Christian Church, uh, which is also the host church for Louisiana. the Louisiana outpouring. <laughs> Mama. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I have yet yet to have felt, seen, experienced anything like we did on Wednesday night there. Yes, it was, yeah, <laughs> again, it's one of those moments that it's so, it's so difficult to describe. I mean, literally, I could not move. Well, I know, I know. <laughs> I Pastor David's move. asking Jenna to come up and she's glued. I can't to move. The front seat. She's I'm just, just right there on the seat. I can't do anything. Paralyzed just, in the presence. I just be in the presence of the Lord and it was it was refreshing. You know, some when whenever you're brought into a place to minister, that's what you anticipate to do is to minister, is yep. to pour yourself out, you know, to um, do whatever you can to serve the house, to serve the pastor, what they've asked you to do and just be a blessing to the house and you are all always blessed while you're there yeah. but you're not but to be refreshed in that way before before there was any preaching or anything it was, oh, I know. Do everything we're, was we're in the middle of worship everything was backwards everything we're in the middle backwards. of worship and uh, <laughs> Dr. David Remedios he's a heart surgeon who during the Brownsville revival had a few real prophetic marked encounters with Claudio Frazen uh, Steve Hill, John Kilpatrick, just a few things that had just happened. And next thing you know, not only is he a, a world-renowned heart surgeon, he's now pastoring a church Yeah. <laughs> out in the middle of the woods. It's so true. That has stewarded, well, they have captured a flame and they have stewarded that flame and built a fire out there in the woods that attracts people from five hours away to come and be a part of the church. Yep. There's literally people that come to his church, they drive five to, I think one, eight hours. Wow twice a month to be there. Wow. And I understand why. Yeah. There's nothing else like it. Yep. And we're in the middle of worship and Dr. David comes and he grabs my hand and both of us, <laughs> It's you feel the fire of God going through you. Yeah. And then he motions to me and so we're in the middle of worship. We just start going through the, the audience, the congregation laying hands. And people are getting rocked by the Spirit of God. Yes. And then I preach. <laughs> yeah. 
And I looked down at the clock because, you know, it's it's quitting time. And well, I just got it's the, a Wednesday night. It's a Wednesday night. It's quitting time. But yet I'm just now up to, to minister. And they're like, go, go, go. Yes. <laughs> Wednesday, it was 10 o'clock. It was at, way after 10 o'clock before we were yeah. even beginning to wrap up. Yeah. And people didn't leave. No. No. Yes, Again, students had school. Yes, they had to go to work. That, but they didn't leave. It's, it's revival. It's the presence. And it's a very healthy community. Again, a yes. place where you saw people who genuinely love being around one another and yes. a real genuine community. There was there was honor for each other and value for each other. Like I've not seen, you know. It didn't, and it didn't matter what it didn't matter what profession you were. Yeah. And there were lots of very successful professional people in the church, yeah. you know. And that, but just and that that's another thing worth mentioning is uh, just to be frank a lot of times when you get in the the pentecostal charismatic circles and you get around the the revival culture quote unquote you'll see that uh, it's a stereotype people think that those individuals are flaky right they're unstable uh, they're you know low income you know they they painted the stereotype in Dr. David's church, there were psychiatrists, surgeons, nurses, uh, lawyers, right? Lawyers. Yeah. I mean, just you know, school teachers. It was it was a cross section yeah. of society culturally. Yeah. You saw the nations. So diverse. It's so diverse, and Beautiful. you saw that, and so everybody was. They loved the pre- They were on fire for the Lord, but at the same time, also incredibly. Gifted individuals. Yeah, it really was. I, it, yeah. I, again, I can't say enough good things. Yeah. Uh, whenever you see, literally, you need to look up the Louisiana Outpour, and they've got one coming up soon. If you can make it out to it, you need to go. Sergio Scataglini, Claudio Friesen, Dr. David Remedios, you will be blessed. Yes. Yes. The next day, uh, I went with them to a school, and this is this is the way I'll phrase this: a school somewhere, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Won't tell you where, um, because I would, I'd hate to mess anything up with what, what's taking place there. But for two hours, um, in the middle of the school day, we were able to minister to students, preach the gospel, lay hands, pray for young people. I have a video uh, that I won't, I won't post. Um, it's, it's going to stay private. Of young people, it's been two hours and fifteen minutes in the middle of a school day. They are still in the front of the auditorium in the altar. They're weeping. They're praying for one another. They're laying hands on one another. I showed that to a friend of mine, and they said, this happened in a public school. I said, yes, it did. They said, I don't believe it. I said, I understand what you're saying. (laughs) Because we're told that it can't happen. Yeah. You know? But it has. And it's happening in a way that most people say you couldn't do it. Yeah. They're just inviting the presence of the Lord into that school yep and it's making a difference we gave an i guarantee 150 people responded to the message of salvation that day awesome in the middle of school day genuine too come on jesus yes come on jesus so that was louisiana and and arkansas and you can tell we've been busy in fact we crossed over into texarkana last night we were at uh jojo dawson at Burn, Texarkana, mm-hmm. 
And so that was our entrance into Texas. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you more about the burn next time we do a roadcast. Uh, what a great group of people. Oh, yeah. Great group of oh, people. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And um, we'll make Texas its own roadcast. So how much time do we have? We have seven minutes. That time goes fast, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> Goodness. We can make the roadcast longer, but I don't think people would want to watch. No. In fact, listen, if you're watching or listening to the <laughs> podcast right now. You're awesome. And you've made it this far. You are. You are totally awesome. And we love you. And you should shoot us a message to say, hey, I made it that far into the roadcast. <laughs> and I just want to tell you guys how awesome you are. Yeah. And we'll make it special for you. <laughs> There you go, a little Easter egg hidden right yeah, there yeah. in the middle. We'll find exactly. out. Um, <laughs> Jenna just wrote a post, and it's up on the site. Coffee beans and crock pots in the bathroom. <laughs> Jenna, talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it, that originally was not my idea to write that post because Daniel was actually looking for something in the bathroom cabinet, and he's like, what? Why are there coffee beans in the cabinet? And and I said, well, that's the only place they'll fit. He said, you should write a blog about that. So I did. And um, and uh, it, the whole blog, the premise of it is is that we had a death. We had a death. We did and have a death. We had a death. And it was a very sobering moment. And it was a death to personal space. Because as you can see, or maybe not see so much, there's not a whole lot of space in this coach. For five people and a dog, and certainly no personal space. And so, you, when you have stuff, you just kind of put it where it needs to go because it's where it fits. Doesn't That's make it. sense. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for <laughs> the cereal to be over my head and not in the kitchen. Yes. But it is. But it is. Because it fits there. That's where it fits. Doesn't make sense for the crock pot to the crock pot the crock pot to be <laughs> in the bathroom underneath the sink. But it fits. But it fits. And it's, it's necessary. Yes, you make this amazing cheese tortellini soup, which is just... Yes, so, and it, it makes it really easy to do some meals here in the coach. And, um, and because I miss my kitchen, and that will be a post sometime about how much I miss my kitchen. But anyway, um, so we had this death to personal space and, and just walking through what that kind of looks like. And, um, and, and through our journey, you know, we've heard people say, man, I so admire you for giving up everything and selling everything and making this sacrifice and, and uh, you know, just kind of putting it all out there and doing doing the Lord's called you to do. And, and from the very beginning, whenever we did this, we, we both looked at each other and said, it's not a sacrifice. It's really We're not. We're having the time of our life. We are. I mean, we have our family together 24-7. Sure, there's moments of frustration and you know, and things like that, but that's life. That's just, that's just life. And you work through that. But, um, you know, we're all together on this amazing journey, being able to see so many amazing things in our nation and exposing the kids to so many things at the same time, seeing the power of God moving and the, and the truly the trail of fire that we are on and seeing and connecting those dots across the nation is just phenomenal. So for us, it's not a sacrifice at all. And, um, and I know what I know what people mean when they say that. Yeah. I do. I yeah. know I know the heart behind it. But I also know for us the heart behind what we did and why we did it. And so it's not a sacrifice. Yes, we're willing to give our lives to see um, 
to see our, our kids grow up in a nation where the power of God is moving would see a, a greater awakening. And so in that sense of sacrifice, that's, that's appropriate. Yeah, and I, I would liken that, you know, and I said this last night, it's something I was thinking, you know, the one thing will always cost you everything. What I, what I mean by that is Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl of great price. Merchants sought it out, and when he found it, he sold everything to purchase that pearl. Or it's a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he covered it back up, and then he went and sold everything to purchase that field. Yeah. The one thing will always cost you everything. And it's not a sacrifice because what you've done is you've placed true value upon what really is significant, what is eternal, what's worthwhile. And we made up our mind that material things, that's not, that's not the thing, that's not what we're striving to live our life for. Yeah. We're striving to live our life to see our kids in an environment of burning. Yes. You know, we want to see our kids live in that place of the presence of God. And what's the payoff of that? The other night, when your little girl tells you that during church she felt the power of God mm-hmm. and she heard his voice. Yep. When your five-year-old son tells you that he hears Jesus speaking yeah. and he's telling the people <laughs> that they need to get on the trail of fire. <laughs> Caden last night, he's like, I want the microphone. I, I got something to say. I'm ready to preach. He did. He was he was antsy saying, Mom, I want to go up there right now. I want to preach. I got to preach right now. <laughs> That's priceless. It is. It's worth everything. It is. It's worth everything because it's the one thing. It is the one thing. And when you've made up your mind what the one thing is, if you really, truly value it, yeah. you'll go after it with everything you got. Okay, buddy, just a minute. What's he need to do? <laughs> we won't say it out loud. Oh. <laughs> now, you see, here's the problem, because I have cleaned... 45 seconds. All the tanks. I know. I don't know what to do. We're going to have to pull over. That's fine. Anyway, so, kind of a great thought to... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry for that interruption, guys, but again, this is real life. This is real life. It really is. So... Let's do this. Yeah, just I a pray okay. that you would begin to enter into the greater things. I pray that the one thing would begin to burn inside of your heart. I pray that it would begin to uh, sustain a fire on the inside of you, an insatiable hunger yes. that causes you in the middle of the night to cry out. There are times over the last couple of weeks I will stir at night and wake for a moment and literally feel my soul crying out to Jesus, saying, Jesus, I need you. I pray that those hunger pains would begin to be born born inside of you. I pray that you would begin to experience personal revival and that personal revival begin to touch everybody you touch. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. That's it, 30 minutes on the road. We're in Texas. We're home for two and a half weeks. (laughs) And then from there, we're off to New Mexico, New Mexico, Arizona. Listen, be praying with us about the Northwest. Uh, We don't have any contacts up there yet. 
Uh, and so I pray we're not getting up there and doing the big Northwest vacation. <laughs> um, you know, we won't do that. We will do something. Yes. But just be praying with us uh, and, and believing with us um, that God will begin to open the doors and put the right connections. He's been doing it all along. We've been blown yes. away with the way that this has happened. And so thank you guys so much. For those of you that are part of the 300, um, thank you. Yes. Thank you. We are making big things happen. Absolutely. We are making big things happen. Um, wow. Yeah. An amazing group of people. As Jen and I were going down the road yesterday, we were praying for you and yeah. shot you all text messages. And so, until next time. Until next time. On the road again. <laughs> I can't wait. So